What a way to start season two, man. Look at that. That's it. Noises. We've been upgraded here on our streaming platform. So flashy. So flashy. We're out here. We're doing it. Season two. I like this keeping the seasons based off of the year thing. So we're coming into year two, season two. It's real easy to remember. Real straight ahead. I'm here for it. It it would be way easier if it was just like January 1st, you know, but... (laughs) We're going uh, August 25th here. Yeah, so. we kind of it's like tax day. You kind of just have to remember it. So, yeah. Well, welcome, everyone. Dipped in Tone Season 2, Episode 1. Now, are we going to keep... How are we going to keep the episodes going? Are we going to stick with Episode 40-something or just Season I, 2, I, Episode I, 1? I think guess we have Season 2, Episode 1, because that's, you know, that's the television way, right? Okay. Or we just abandon episode numbers altogether and say the one where, you know... Red doesn't like clones or something. I'm I'm cool with that. Are we? Yeah, I think we I should know. just abandon it because it's so it's it's so hard to keep track of. At least for me, I can't I can't remember it. It, it. it is. It sucks. All right, and it's hard to, it's hard to keep like hard to come up with titles. Like coming up with titles is hard enough too. So it's like <sighs> keeping track. Tell of me about things. it, dude. My life my life revolves around coming up with titles and thumbnails, and I hate it. It's the it's the, my least favorite part of YouTube and content creation is. Oh, I just made this video that I'm really proud of that. I know nobody's going to watch because there's not a good title or a good thumbnail for it. Yep. Is what it is. So it's so crazy. Uh, shout out to our discord chat uh, for hanging out with us and, and uh, being part of the Patreon and supporting the, the podcast. Yeah, we're actually it's because doing of more things for them. Yeah, exactly. It's because of you guys that we were able to upgrade our streaming platform today. So we're streaming in yes. HD for the first time. Hopefully, hopefully <laughs> no stream yard <laughs> logo. I finally got my mic sorted out. Look at us guys. It's time. We, we, we're taking that next big step. Uh, and, and hopefully this is going to make Milton's life easier, too. So mm-hmm. thank you. Do you have an air compressor back there? What's going on? Oh, there is an air compressor. I wonder if that's what it is. That sounds like a compressor back there. Either that or a really big phone. Okay. Yeah. So look, we're um, one step closer to world domination here, but we're still not there. There's still some things to, to iron out. There's some wrinkles here that we need to, to fix. But, you know. Yeah. Tipton Tone is your, is your classy, chill hang. You know what I mean? We're not a five sure. star restaurant, but but we're good. We're reliable. We're relaxed. We're laid back, and you're gonna have a good time. But we're fancy. But we're fancy. We're not too fancy though, right? You know. So how was your week? Well, uh, it's Wednesday, so it's it's going okay. Um, I have a call tomorrow with Sweetwater to try and finalize uh some details for the upcoming studio build i'm bringing them on as a sponsor for the the video series that is going to go along with the studio build so that's exciting mm-hmm. got my truck registered today awesome got the got the license plate uh i gotta do that for my car yep yeah. new season of destiny started last night it did yeah and to quote matthew timmons uh, the new exotic rips <laughs> <laughs> he man tooth <laughs> Yeah, what's uh, uh, how's your week going so far? Thus far, so so far okay. We actually we got caught up. Uh, and it, this might have been for the last episode. I might have mentioned this, but we're caught up on everything but Wildwood uh, Mjolnir's. So they should be arriving at some point today. That might have been some of the noises that we've heard uh, DHL dropping stuff off. But um, we're gonna hit that really hard for the rest of the week and, and moving into the next couple weeks. Um, but the guys have been killing it. They've been uh, like just get building inventory, which is weird. And uh, I've actually just been in my office most of the day, like 
just accomplishing things that I sh- should have been doing, you know, like for the past uh, month or so. And I did get uh, to to build off the last episode. I got some new hardware for this uh, Yamaha Revson. Yeah, take us through it. What'd you get? I got Grover uh, 18 to 1, just classic, you know, Grover tuners and um, a Tone Pro's locking bridge thing, which it's immediately, I don't know if this is in tune. Close enough. Close enough. But it's immediately so much more like resonant and alive sounding. Right. Um, I'm still struggling with like the setup and the pickups that I made uh, that are in this guitar sound really bad. So a long way to go, but it's, it's the start of, Hey, this is just my test guitar, but I'm, I'm getting happier. I, I always have buyer's remorse with, with instruments almost every time. I know. I have you talk, it's remorse. like you get stoked. You're that guy that buys the new thing. You get super stoked on it for a week. And then you come back a week later and you're like, I don't like it. I shouldn't have bought yeah, this. But I never sell it. I, I just like, I just complain about yeah, it. Cause like the PRS, you, you sell stuff all the time. Well, the PRS is still hanging out too. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I waffle on things. If but, you sell that PRS, yeah. I want it. Okay. Sell good. it to me. $3,000. No, let's, let's be, <laughs> let's be reasonable. Zachary. No, I know. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. Mendoza in the chat says season two, classy, chill, V necks, high definition. Mine, this says a button. Oh, so technically whatever. not a V-neck. It's like a quarter like a, a, Henley. A Henley. Yeah. Nice. All right. Hey, you want to dip a rig? Yeah, let's do it. So, um, it, and by the way, if I start sweating profusely, uh, it's because the AC in this office blows <laughs> and my, <laughs> my room in, ah, <laughs> in particular, uh, has like, there's no air moving in here and it's getting, it's getting, ah. oh, dude. So this is this is a rig. This one's skirting the line because there's two pedal boards, but I want to give it a pass because there's a lot of Mythos pedals on this. <laughs> I like the... Uh, hold on. Hold on. Was this shot on film or is this a VSCO filter? Uh, I'm going to lean to the side of filter here because it's it's a lot of grain. There's a lot of film grain in here, but... I don't know. So this is Michael Haas. Uh, his... Uh, I think his Discord name is Hot Pockets, which is great. Hot Pockets. Uh, mm, and uh, what he's got here is uh, Dr. Z Maz 18 Jr. with a 2 by 12 He says he runs mo- uh, dual mono with a deluxe reverb if he's feeling excessive. <laughs> um, he's got a hardtail uh, MJT Strat style guitar um, with a Robert Cray neck and a bunch of stuff. And then a Tele build. Th- these are both like parts casters. Um, so, so a, a, a telly and then his pedal board is uh he says he splits his drives and wet effects uh with the idea of swapping drive sections in and out for different applications interesting okay but but he has a he has a bunch of mythos stuff, oh, dude so this is you. this is the biggest self-shill you've done yet i honestly i didn't even i hand to god i didn't even notice all the stuff on that right pedal board until I uploaded this picture because I first just saw the Dr. Z and the telly and the strat. I'm like, this Dude, is cool. Okay. Just offhand. I'm seeing one, two, three, four, five mythos pedals. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's Wait, seven. Where's the other? Two? There's an Argo, High Road, Olympus, Daedalus, Positron, Wildwood, Mjolnir, and an Oracle. <laughs> Am I blind? I'm not seeing the other. I'm not seeing the Argo. On the right? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I am. It's the older one. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So he's he's got the he's got a 
the collection going oh, way back. God, this is this is shameless. So uh, what does he say here? Um, his his guitar goes guitar high road Argo Astrotone or the Positron Collider JHS Unicorn the Mjolnir the Olympus the uh, Snouse Black Box the Daedalus Harmonious Monk Panther Cub Oracle Polytune and then a switcher to go um, between the amp and then a, a looper into the deluxe reverb. Uh, he said eventually he wants a hollow body with humbuckers, but for now this is what he's working with. And I think he's working with quite a bit. So. Yeah, this is, yeah. What do you mean <laughs> for now? This is what he's working with. This is a, this is a solid rig. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the guitar. So both of these are parts casters. The telly, I think is obviously a parts caster cause it's got nothing on the neck. Um, but yeah. straight ahead, maple neck, black telly, hard beat. Classic. Classic. Yeah. I, I love, um, like that aesthetic. Yeah. Just, uh, it's so cool. I mean, my only complaint, that's an all parts neck and it just like Nash and some other brands, like it, it the color is very yellow. Yeah, it's not, it's, that may just be the, it may be the, the photo, but usually no, those are I, like, the, yeah, that's the thing about, yeah, you're right. Nash, all parts. I think Warmoth does a good job, uh, with their yeah. finishes, but yeah, the, the finish is a little too yellow, but we're, we're splitting hairs here. The strat. Yeah. I love, I love that pink. Yes. The the Robert Cray uh, neck, the, those Robert Cray guitars, they're just a hard hardtail uh, strat. They're killer and great necks, and I like hardtail strats. I they're do too. It's a different thing, but, you know. I feel like it, people it's, sleep it's on the thing. hardtail strat thing. I don't see a ton of them, but I almost bought a Robert Cray strat. There was a used one at my local uh, guitar center in Alpharetta, and mm-hmm. I thought about it. It was a good price i don't remember what the price was but i remember it was good and it was that cool sort of like metallic-y green color that they they do an inca silver that's it for the robert yeah that's right yep okay i'm picturing it now i should have bought that guitar i think it was sweet but they're they're really cool yeah yeah i like this all right this is an interesting take we've not seen the double board so essentially this is like one i didn't even notice the deluxe reverb over there this hiding on the left (laughs) you said it in the in the I, I know I said it, but I was just reading. I oh, didn't see it. Got it. So this is interesting. For those of you listening, there's two boards here. One is a Pedal Train Nano flat board. The other looks like an angled board. Kind of hard to tell in this image. Uh, but the angled board yeah. has a loop switcher on it, and that's where his drive and fuzz section's coming from. I actually kind of like this idea, because if you were to combine this on one pedal board, this would be a pretty substantially sized board maybe like one of those pedal train pros remember those like the big yeah oh yeah the big boy i had one of those for a while <laughs> me too <laughs> and it was just unwieldy like the case for it it was heavy it was a pain in the ass to move this is kind of a better approach i think split the board up into two smaller boards you're carrying two cases but they're smaller more manageable uh and then what you can do here is kind of how he has in this picture you sort of kind of angle the, the boards in and make it a little bit easier to to hit yeah this is cool yeah i uh i whenever i started gigging i would always just throw pedals like around my mic stand and i would just kind of you know like half moon them and it was always so much easier than trying to like get over things and like you know on one tall pedal board but i mean having the loop switcher there you know kind of simplifies all that especially for that many drives that's a lot of uh gain <laughs> stages yeah that's uh, a lot on, of gain <laughs> so 
Yeah. So there's a lot happening. But it's it's like I think everything is I mean, it's just different enough. The only thing that's really samey is the Daedalus in the black box, because my Daedalus was a modified um Bluesbreaker circuit sure. that I discontinued ages ago. Right. Uh I always love the graphic on that one, the little blue with the maze with the face in the middle of it. I, don't I was always think I've seen that. Yeah, that's that's an old one. I'm I'm proud of the way that one looked. I I never loved the way it sounded though. I was kind of hmm. I would test them and go, yeah. So that's why I stopped making it. There you go. Now you're going to start to see them pop up on Reverb for $600. Like the Lark that you sent me. Mm-hmm. Somebody's trying to yeah, sell was, a Lark right now for, what, 500 bucks? 500 bucks. So, hey. I'm going to I'm gonna say, as the person whose name is also on that pedal, don't spend $500 on that pedal. I mean, we worked hard <laughs> good, good on luck. it, but not, you know. Uh, and then going yeah, into it's the, not, it's the not that great. Maz 18. All right. Mm-hmm. Dr. Z... Hard to beat, man. I was at Atlanta Discount Music yesterday. I went in. I haven't been down there in a while. And they've always been a Dr. Z dealer. And I was kind of looking at, they had a, um, I was a Maz 38 head. And I was looking at it. I think I really want a Z-Rec though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And now they make the the, like 18 water. So now I want the real one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh. But yeah, I mean, Dr. Z stuff. Noah's got a, a cure that he tours with now. It sounds great. This is a great rig. Also, it is. I appreciate the staging in this photograph. Let's let's take a look yes. here. This is another person that obviously has great taste in gear, but probably also has a very well put together home. I love the uh, whatever type of tree that is. I don't know shit about trees, but uh, in the side there, the, the art on Rubber the wall. Plant. This this photograph was very well thought out, very well put together. He's going to get bonus points from me for that. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, what are you uh, what are you rating this at? Man, I I, I dig it. I love Doctor Z's. Um, I, I I would like like I mean like he said, I'd like to have some humbuckers. Um, but this is, I mean, I think this the the right pedal board is a little overkill. Um, but I mean, I get it. Like I don't know. I think I would give it. I would give this a solid eight. I, li- I like it a lot. Here's what I would change. I would pare down the right pedal board. I'd get another pedal train nano plus identical to the board on the left. And I'd make your drive section fit on that board. So you'd have two symmetrical boards connected. Um, and I'd add a humbucker guitar. But other than that, man, I'm going to give this 8.7 shoils. Ooh. Yeah. I'd like it. This is this yes. is a great rig and a great photograph. We need to have that. We need to figure out a way to have all the little sound effects and stuff like on the live stream. So here's so the thing: just gotta buy. I can. I have that Rodecaster that does all that stuff, <laughs> but that's the thing that keeps causing us to not be able to put episodes up because for some yeah. reason your audio and that audio never works. No. And also, your internet sucks right now because I'm looking at you and like potato vision <laughs> well yeah i oh my oh gosh no this isn't i'm looking i went to youtube to see and yeah it's bad yeah it's uh, bad or i might i wonder if i can drop it down no i can't change it <laughs> during the stream so <laughs> okay listen people we're, we're still working this out we've, we've only been doing this for a year and almost 50 episodes you know so we're still trying to figure our stuff out i honestly think if i used my like 5g a hotspot on my phone, it would be faster upload than what we have 
in the shop. That internet connection essentially is as slow. It's almost as if somebody is sitting there with a typewriter physically typing out the ones and zeros (laughs) as they go by. (laughs) Manual binary. Analog analog binary. Oh my God. It's atrocious. You gotta, you gotta get that internet fixed. Hey, I'm, I'm trying. And the guys like all the Novo guys are into it, but there's just, there's not a lot of options at this in this part of town for whatever dipped in potato. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, what's your what's your rating here? I already gave it eight. Oh, I must. Have I went. It. I went first. Yeah, sorry. Oh, there you go. I was distracted by how bad your video looked. I think. <laughs> I know. I, <laughs> I, 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 I kind of want to test it. Well, no, it's it's coming back now. Somebody, somebody must have um, flushed a toilet or something. <laughs> So there you go. Oh, that was great. Lord. If you guys want to submit your rig to be dipped, you can email us at diptintone at gmail.com. Submit your rig. It needs to be a giggable rig. It needs to be something that you could actually take to a rig, not all of your stuff, right? We don't want to see your whole collection of gear. We want to see an actual giggable rig. And yes. uh, you have to be a patron to do it as well. Yeah. So. Yep. And that that's, that's it. That's it. All right. So. We actually have a topic today. And we're getting into it. What is this? Nineteen minutes in. It's the people in the uh, so f- so fast. <laughs> so the YouTube fast. comment section. They're going to be so proud and, of us. Uh, they're still going to complain, but maybe they'll be less complaining this time. All right, let's talk about some must-have pedals. Okay, I imagine mm. you, like me, get messages, get DMs, emails, messenger pigeons all the time. People asking, "Hey, what pedal should I buy? Hey, I'm putting a rig together. Hey, I have this guitar. I have this amp. Hey, I have." my favorite ones are these meticulously written out emails that are paragraphs long with a detailed explanation of every pedal they've ever owned and why they owned it. And then they asked me what boost pedal they should get to go with it. So we're going to talk about that today. Must have pedals. We're going to cover some bases. We're going to come at it from our perspective, right? So if you are not a similar guitar player to the type of sounds that Zach and I go for, maybe take our words with a grain of salt, but Sure. And I think, let's see, tuner doesn't count. Tuner doesn't I don't think count. we should, tuner doesn't count. Is there anything else that doesn't count? Does a looper count? Yeah, but I wouldn't even say a looper is a must have. Okay. Pedal. So it had like an effect or, you know, something like that. No. <laughs> Bum force in the chat. Like, Which two screamers should I buy? Yeah, exactly. I, my favorite is when I do live streams and people ask like what my favorite pedals are. And I'm like most of the time, you know, they're mine. Like, <laughs> like why? <laughs> What else would I say? Um, but yeah, it's an interesting, you know, thing to to discuss because uh, when you have any sort of voice in the community, people tend to ask the ask you these things. And I feel like this is across the board, even for people that probably don't even bother with effects. They probably get bombarded with, you know, what sort of how should I set up my signal chain and like, you know, what are your favorite go-to overdrives and stuff? So yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So I think, I think we should kind of set up some ground rules, you know, like no tuner, you know, and we should also, I don't know that it's necessarily pertinent to like recommend a specific brand or a specific pedal model. Mm-hmm. especially when you start getting into things like overdrives, when you start talking about clone circuits or tube screamer circuits or blues breaker circuits, um, you know, you start to kind of split hairs. There are differences there, but I don't, you know, and also take our words with a grain of salt in that we're speaking based off of our experience 
our point of view, our opinions, and they may not line up with yours. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm right. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So how many should we go through? Like, what are, should we say? Like each have like five must have guitar pedals. Sure. We'll do five. Okay. Well, you go first. This was your topic. So All you right, should. let's start. We'll just move through the signal chain, through through the signal flow. Okay. I do genuinely believe everyone should have a fuzz. Okay. And not everyone agrees with me on this. And to those people, I say, you just haven't found the right fuzz pedal yet. Because the, sure. the world of fuzz is so vast and so expansive. I feel like a lot of players out there, they've had one fuzz pedal or they've only played a handful of fuzzes. And maybe they didn't understand how to play to the pedal, how to play to the effect, which we should talk about. Maybe that's no, we should talk about that. I mean, or or yeah. they didn't understand what type of fuzz circuit they really wanted to hear. Right. Maybe they were, you know, a big Jack White fan. And, mm-hmm. you know, instead of going for a Russian big muff, they picked up a Mark one tone bender or a FZ one style circuit, you know, Ugh which are very different. So the thing about fuzzes is they're so different. different. There's so many different types, different circuits. They do different things, but I do think everyone should have a fuzz. Yeah. I I don't completely disagree with that. I do think that, um, I mean, there are definitely super versatile fuzz circuits. I mean, the golden fleece is really versatile and just like a a fuzz face is really versatile when you find a good one. I do feel like it's one of those things that, you know, if you say, okay, you have to get a fuzz, that's, that's a journey in and of itself because it takes time to know, like, these are the types of circuits that I, that connect with me as a player and I mean, I have a lot of fuzz pedals that I love that live in my closet that I would never gig with or use because in most situations it, it wouldn't like be appropriate. Mm. Uh, but I like having these sounds in a toolbox, but like they're not something I would keep on my board as a staple. So while I feel like fuzz is totally something that everyone should experience. I don't know if it's totally necessary for most of us as guitar players. And even like, I love fuzz and I don't know if I would, ha- I can't, I could totally gig without a fuzz, like no problem. Oh. No, no. Ah. Here's the thing with a good fuzz. So let's look at the fuzz face, for example, mm. like, okay, I've got the Brown uh, amplification T four. That's a fuzz face circuit, right? I always get that one. Confused. I think it's, I think it's a a big muff. Okay, never mind. Well, the thing I like about a good fuzz face circuit is I I always recommend that one to people that are new to fuzz or they're thinking about getting their first fuzz and like, what should I get? And I don't want something crazy. I don't want something spitty or gross or like, you know, get a fuzz face because depending on how you run the fuzz face and how you're running your amp and how the two interacting together, a fuzz face can kind of start in overdrive territory you can sort of yeah. get that like mid focused overdrive thing out of a fuzz face and then go a little bit further from there. The other thing that's great about fuzzes is they're killer for fattening up clean tones. One of my favorite things to do is uh, get a like fuzz face style circuit and roll the volume on the guitar all the way back, which people always talk about with fuzzes, right? You know, Oh, it cleans up really well if your volume off. But what I'm talking about, is like roll it back to where it's almost not outputting any signal. And then set the fuzz face or any fuzz you might be using up in a way so that it's 
not adding that much distortion. And what happens is it creates this fat, clean-ish, sort of harmonic, distorted sort of sound that's awesome. Sounds great in a mix. It's great for doubling bass parts. If you're doubling guitar parts, that's a really cool thing to do. Have one guitar part uh, be that fuzz thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. The the only thing I don't like about a lot of older fuzz circuits, and the fuzz face in particular, I feel like the gain knob, the fuzz knob, it, I don't know. It, it works at the very end of the pot. Mm-hmm. You know, you can mod it to do the Hendrix mod and change it to like a 2K pot or whatever, but it it, it doesn't do a lot. And I feel like the the fuzz face circuit that works best for me is something more like a color sound one knob fuzz, which is a fuzz faced with a fixed like gain knob, like all the way up. And then you're all guitar. It's like there's no like there's nothing you have to do except adjust your volume, because I do feel like the fuzz face for the most part is as far as what's on the pedal. It's it's either it works for your setup or it doesn't. And once those knobs get there, you don't really have to touch them. But it, it is an incredibly interactive circuit and a lot of our heroes that played you know fuzz faces like that pedal was just always on you know they never turned it off yeah yeah i I see what you're saying about the fuzz face thing um yeah i would also i would also recommend a tone bender as a good first option like a a mark one style tone bender you know the thing about any of the tone benders are cool the thing about fuzzes though is if you're not the type of player that uses the volume knob a fuzz really needs that and and you should get comfortable with that like rolling the volume off and and because that's that's where the the variety in the tone comes from that's where well yeah on certain fuzzes like a big muff doesn't do anything it just oh, turns it off <laughs> you know <laughs> but um i mean so you can kind of coax it but like most of the traditional circuits it's like germanium stuff fuzz faces uh tone benders zonk machines that sort of thing was you know that that's like the interactive fuzz and then as you kind of push into more gain stages, then it kind of just was like, it just doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I get what you're saying. I would totally go a different way for like that stage of my All right, then what's board. your what's your first stage then? <laughs> I, I think you have to have a mid-forward overdrive. I think you ha- <sighs> like everyone should have a tube screamer because when you're gigging, it, it like y- when you were at the house, like go back and watch the one where Rhett and I were together and we talk about the tube screamer and it was like, why you hate it. Um, when you roll that, the gain back and use it as a boost, it, it, it just cuts and it does a thing with single coils with humbuckers. I think it, it's a super versatile pedal that most people just, I just don't like. And I don't understand. I feel like I could make, if I showed up to a gig and I had a, an amp with reverb and my only pedal was a TS nine, I would be, set i'd be totally fine okay stevie so no i don't even, I don't even <laughs> play like that dude but i understand what you're saying if you were running a blackface style amp or a mid scooped amp dude no like a, a a tube screamer into a marshall it just like it howls it just sounds like rock and roll it totally does i just don't i don't like i don't like the mid-range on the tube screamer, I don't like it. Even I when don't. you roll the gain off, even when you do that, you roll the gain off, you turn the the tone up. I think it's it it works. And again, it's one of those things you have to like play with it. But it's interactive with your guitar. Um, 
you know, it, it, it's, it, it, I just think it, it stacks well with most amps. I don't know. I, I love it. And to me, it's a must have. I think everyone needs a tube screamer <laughs> and you know, <laughs> but there okay. you go. So <sighs> I disagree. I don't think everyone needs a tube <laughs> screamer. I really don't. I really don't. If you're I, running, I, if you're running a humbucker guitar into a mid forward amp that you're really pushing the mid range, like a tube screamer into a tweed amp, it's just not my thing. Dude, go watch uh, Chicago Music Exchange. They way back they did a demo of the Pearly Gates Custom Shop, um, and I think it's Joel or whatever from from CME, and he's got Pearly Gates a TS9 or an 808 into a tweed deluxe, and it sounds great. Sounds great. But I, I mean, my amp for years was a Friedman Dirty Shirley and like my go-to type of overdrive was, was a TS9 style thing or, or, you know, a tube screamer sort of thing like the Gristle King or whatever. And in and, and my list, Paul, and it's just like, I don't know, to me, it, it just works. I think it's way more interesting than a blues breaker. Oh, no, um, you know, no. Blues breakers are so boring. Dude, it's such are a you boring joking? circuit. You're talking about no. boring circuits and defending the tube screamer, the most boring and copied cloned circuit of all time. There's a reason it's the most copied. It's boring. It's like it's but, like no, hey, it works. Hey, congratulations. You've you learned uh your first ZZ top solo. You learned how to play smoke on the water. Here's your standard issue. Here's your guitar pedal. It is a tube screamer. It's I I like the TS9 way over like an ODR1. I like it way more than I. I think the I think the blues breaker blues breaker is the most overrated overdrive circuit of all I'm, time. I'm like gonna, like like full like the normal blues breaker. Like, have you played an original one? Like, not a tweaked one. I mean, the the morning glory better. The king of tone it's better, but it's still I think it's it's so flat and it doesn't do anything to to really help your guitar sound. You'd be just as well to have a clean boost. I'm that, I'm starting to just question everything. I'm I'm just questioning everything, like because well, literally, literally, before you said that, my next stage <laughs> was going to be a transparent overdrive, i.e., blues breaker style circuit. I see, but even then, like we can get into the transparent discussion, but I, I'm, that, that's my vote. I mean, this is my it's my <laughs> my pedal list. And I think that the TS9 and, and, and variants therein are a must-have. And if you don't like it, it just means you've not figured out how to use it yet. Just like Fuzz. That is so wrong. That is so wrong. I, I resent that. My next gain stage, <laughs> my, or my next stage of, of pedal I think everyone should own is a transparent overdrive, i.e. like a blues breaker circuit. And here's why. Here's why a guitar player over their career, over their time, over their lifespan as a player starts to develop relationships and interests in their amps, right? That to me is the most important dynamic when it comes to tone is the guitar and amplifier. Okay. A, a, you know, tweed style circuit is completely different from a blackface style circuit, which is completely different from an AC 30. So for me, if I'm going to have must have pedals, I'm going to put something down and I'm going to recommend something that works well and 
accentuates the best characteristics of whatever amp you happen to be playing. And that is what the Bluesbreaker does well. The Bluesbreaker, specifically Bluesbreaker style circuits. In fact, you know, I'm going to go against what I said a minute ago, which is not recommending specific pedals. I'm going to recommend two, the Greer Lightspeed and the Morning Glory. The, the Lightspeed is not a Bluesbreaker, though. But it is, it is a transparent overdrive. It's a transparent light gain overdrive. I, do you think it's that transparent? Like, do you think, it, I mean, okay, so let's have that discussion just real quick transparency like i feel like there the only thing that only things that are truly transparent are things that that do n- literally nothing to your tone like transparent is clear water you know it's like i feel like most pedals and and um uh, uh this was on the guitar knobs uh they said transparency is really more like it's like sunglasses you know on top of your tone. Like it does something sure. where you can still see through it. Right. I don't mean, so I, like, I don't mean that it's because ideally if you really want to like get into transparency, the most transparent you can get is something like a vertex boost. Right. Which is like yeah. just all it is, is taking your guitar signal, making it louder to hit the front end of the amp harder, not coloring yeah. the sound at all. Right. That's like the selling point of that pedal. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between in transparency between a light speed and tube screamer. The thing I don't like about the tube screamer is no matter what amp you're playing it through, it's just, it's just a tube screamer. It's like, okay, cool. I took this beautiful AC 30 with the chime and the brilliance and, and the characteristic of, of those Alnico blues. And then I hit, Oh, now it just sounds like a tube screamer. Well, but again, it's like, you have to use it, you know, like you can't just like, crank the gain and use it just strictly as an overdrive where like, I mean the light speed's a great pedal, just like the Timmy. I mean, they're very kind of, they're like cousins of one another. I mean, I feel like compared to something like a, a blues breaker they're I mean like they're all uh soft clipped dual op amp style things. I mean, the, 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 the light speed and the blues breaker have a similar, uh, similar, geez, Louise, similar, uh, style of, of tone control. But I do feel like, like the light speed, um, does it, it, you know, it, it plays with the bass a little bit. It's not completely even. And, right. and, and the blues breaker, I feel like sucks the bass and is kind of bright, uh, or at least traditionally those pedals, yeah, but, even the King of Tone, I think it's kind of, here's bright. the thing though. Guitar players don't need that much bass. You're going to end no. up in a recording situation. You're going to end up high passing the guitar and sucking it sounds great when you're sitting in the room right you have all that low end but the front of house engineer is going to high pass it the the mixing engineer is going to high pass it uh in fact that's like a common thing to do with super high gain guitar tones to tighten up the bottom end is to put an overdrive in front of the amp not necessarily to add more gain but to pull that bottom end up together these tube screamers like yeah, the horizon exactly. they do. the precision drive is like a tube exactly screamer. so but my point is that you need something on your board that's going to preserve the overall character of the amp and whatever it's doing is accentuating the natural character of the amp. Otherwise just get a clean, get a port city Pearl that's just clean and has no character, uh, which is not a dig. That's what that amp is designed to do. And, and just let your pedals be the character. But if you're playing an amp that has its own tonal characteristics, like an AC 30, like a Tweed deluxe, like a matchless, like any, any of these amps that are fantastic, a Marshall, you know, I think it's better to have an overdrive on your board 
that is going to maintain the character of that amp and accentuate. It's going to add some top end. It's going to do something to the mid range to help it cut more. It's going to tighten up the low end, make it punch a little harder. The thing about the tube screamer circuit, even when you roll the gain off the, what it's doing to the mid range, it always just sounds like a tube screamer in the front of whatever amp you're doing. Well, I mean, it, if you crank the, the the tone control, it does kind of shift things around. The the, the comments are in the gifs in the Discord <laughs> are just like they're straight fire right now. But um, I I mean, I guess it's all how you use an overdrive pedal. Like to me, my amp is doing ninety percent of the heavy lifting. I never have an always on overdrive circuit. Same. It's always like a push to get out or to like you know go slightly to the next level in a song like another gain stage basically yeah and and even then it's like i move in such minor increments most of the time with with like my levels of gain um and and how like if you watch the anderton's video when i was on it i don't even i think we talked about it but lee and i were talking about he's like how do you get all these to stack so well i'm like oh i have the gain all all the way off Mm -hmm. you know like they're just basically boosts hitting boosts but i mean I, I'm not saying that transparent overdrives are bad. I enjoy them. I think, you know, you make, make several the, of them. I mean, I'm, the Mjolnir's with the gain down is pretty the transparent. Olympus I don't is, think it's relatively transparent too. That's why I like it. It's, it's pretty mid forward. I I think the way I've, it's, it's kind of got a tweed thing. Yeah. And it's fairly mid forward, but um, I run the gain pretty and, low on the Olympus as well. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's to me, it's very much like the epitome of overdrive. It's not, it doesn't get a whole lot of distortion. It, you know, does a boost thing, but I just don't like the blues breaker circuit. That's all. That's all. <laughs> but can we agree though, that the light speed and the morning glory are both great circuits. Yeah. So 100%. Yeah. 100%. I, and I, I do, I do like the blues breaker. The, I, I think Josh, I mean, Josh, let, let's be honest. The, the, the morning glory circuit, is the standard for blues breakers now like every clone of a blues breaker uh except for people who are explicitly cloning a blues breaker or a king of tone they're cloning the morning glory they have this jfet recovery stage to actually give it some volume and all the little tweaks josh did they're they're that's their starting point now i agree with people. you on the king of tone vastly overrated in fact in my video yesterday overrated instead of the clone, i almost made that whole segment about the king of Ooh. tone I think people would have got mad about that. Uh, dude, people got mad about the clown thing. It's fine. It's my channel, my opinions. <laughs> no, I know. It's fine. I, I, the King of Tone is like, it's, it's fine, in my opinion. But, and, and I love Analog Man. Like, this is not a dig on Analog Man. Like, the Sunface yeah. fuzz and, and the BC-108 fuzz. I mean, Analog Man does some of the best pedals out there. I think the King of Tone is vastly overrated, and I don't understand why there's a two-year-plus wait list for one now. Is it two years? Oh, it's probably longer than that. Uh, the best comment, I would say on a scale of 1 to 10, Rhett's hate for Tube Screamers is at least a TS9. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, it's my great. God. Secondhand sandwich. It's become, it. it's become part Unlock. of my personality now, my hatred for Tube Screamers. There's a shirt. <laughs> oh, there's a shirt. Yeah. We should have like a picture of a tube screamer and the knob say, I hate tube screamers. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> oh, man. So I think <laughs> my first pedal pick was a tube screamer. I think my second pick would be a, a, a strict clean boost. Um, okay. Whatever works well for you. And again, like clean boosts are a journey. 
Uh, some people really like JFET boosts. Some people really like MOSFET boosts. Some people like op-amp boosts. You know, there's every, like, there's so many permutations of clean boost. But I think that that is something that kind of regardless of how you play guitar is a very useful tool. And depending on where you put it in your signal chain, you can add more gain or volume or just be something that brings your circuit back to life. So I, I mean, something like the super hard on or the micro amp. Yep. I, I love, I love clean boost. Yes. Um, so I think, I think it's something that everyone should just have in their, their pedal drawer shelf, whatever. Oh, they should, yeah. everyone should have one on their board. Like regardless yeah. of what you do, I think you should have a clean boost on your board. That was going to be my third pick, but I have a different slot now. Cause I completely agree. A, okay. a boost pedal is necessary. I think. I mean, unless you're yes. just playing, you know, you are playing a guitar straight into an amp, fine. In which case, why are you watching this anyways? But <laughs> if you are using effects and you're using gain stages and you want to be able to push your amp and really saturate it or, you know, like you said, there's a couple of different avenues there. You can go the completely clean, truly transparent just volume boost a la mm-hmm. uh, vertex boost. Um, got another one in there right now called the enforcer from i can't, I can't remember who makes it but it's really good just like yeah it's cool or you can get something that's adding some harmonics right through mm-hmm. you know you know jfet through transformer sometimes even yeah like like a bit like the um uh who's who's the guys in the uk they make an ariel posen pedal uh hudson, hudson. yeah yeah killer stuff Oh, Lefty Mike said a Boss GE7. I mean, like, I prefer a GE7, an equalizer, more as a boost pedal than uh-huh. as strictly an equalizer. But maybe that's for later. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I just think that, like, I, I go I go through boosts all the time. I've had, I had a Katana back when, you know, everybody wanted to have a John Mayer pedal board. Right. I had Achilles Katana. That thing rules. Uh, the um, the JHS Prestige is great. Yep. Um, I don't, I, I've fallen back in love with the super hard on circuit. I didn't used to really dig it. And then I got into it and then I kind of forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, recently I got one at Eastside music supply that has like, uh, a new art that basically looks like King Kong and, uh, it's super quirky and weird and I, I love it. So it, this sounds great. Yeah. It's a great circuit. In fact, that's how I use the Mjolnir, a clon circuit for me. I, right. I use basically is just a boost. I mean, with the gain all the way down, that's all it's doing. You yeah. know, it's basically a buffer and a boost and I, it, it's perfect for that. I mean, if you had a real clone and you're strictly using it as just a clean boost, you're, I mean, I mean, that's a bit of a showing off, but <laughs> it does sound great. It's a great circuit for that. I would, I would buy a clone and put it on my board just to say like, <laughs> Oh, I don't use off. it. I just, I, I think just running the signal through it, like when it's off bypassed, I think it's doing a thing, man. Oh, I just it totally it. does. It's uh, an always off pedal for me. <laughs> you should, yeah, just use it strictly for the buffer. You know, it'd be really funny if you had one on your board and you just like Velcroed an Altoid tin to the top of it to, for your pick. It's like, and that's what it was. People would be, oh man, they'd be furious. That'd be I, I would buy a really convincing clone from China and do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of want to do that anyway. I want to see, I've had this like thought in my head about getting one of those, uh, 
and seeing if I could fool somebody with it and not trying to get one over, but I just want to show like, Hey, these are being made and you don't want to get duped and right. lose thousands of dollars. Right. So I, I I'm kind of like curious about doing that at some point. You should do that video with Josh. I should. You I should two, text him. you two are kind of, at least in, in terms of people I know are like the clan experts. Well, he, he a little bit more than me. How many does he have? Like eight or something? Well, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Somebody had commented on my video yesterday. I was like, oh, Rhett has friends with mini clons. Are you big timing us? And I was like, I, I should have put a picture of Josh Scott in there when I said that, because that's who I was talking about. Who else right. do you know that owns more than one clon? <laughs> uh, Jason Isbell is only. <laughs> oh, well, that's true. But I'm not friends with Jason yeah. Isbell. No, I just, I just talk to him every now and then. All right. So is it my turn? Number three? Yes. I my third slot? Boost. Yes. Sir. Yes. All right. So my third one was going to be a boost. I completely agree. Um, I think I think having a great overdrive and a great boost on your board with an amp that has some great overdrive options in it, if you push it hard, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, for number three, I'm going to go with something a little off the wall, and I'm going to go with a preamp pedal that has an EQ, whether that okay. be a, a tone knob whether it be a uh, more of a graphic EQ, I'm thinking specifically of something like the uh, like the color box, for example. I think is a great pedal. Um, sure. The the broadcast AP. Uh, it's been talked about here in the chat, and I think we just we just brought it up. But that yeah. is really to me that's more of a preamp style pedal, or a pedal like the um, uh, the Origin Revival Drive or the Revival Drive junior sometimes these can gotten across the line it's like amp in a box sort of pedals right but that's what that is the the revival drive is emulating the preamp section of different amps now yes do do you think that that is like a must-have though you think everyone needs that well i'll tell you why i think this okay they're useful for more than just if you look at something like the color box for example that's emulating essentially like a neve 1073 recording preamp if you look at the revival yeah. drive that's emulating the front end of a a marshall or a fender whatever however you set it up these right. can be really useful for recording in case of the uh the jhs you know before i ever had any recording gear i had a first generation color box and i would use it to track bass i would put vocals through it i would use it as an eq to go into my amp uh, I had it as an always on pedal for a while at the very end of my signal chain, just using it to kind of shape the tone hitting the front end of the amp and then adding a little bit of saturation because it's going through that Lundahl transformer. Right. Right. Yeah. Or if you look at something like the revival drive or another amp in a box style pedal like that. You could literally run that into a cab simulator pedal cab Zeus, for example, and have a DI rig. Right. That's a kind of a big selling point of that revival drive stuff. Um, yeah, they're incredibly useful. And uh, yeah, I think not enough people I mean, use them. I mean, I think for me, it's like if your amp is doing enough, I don't know if that's something that's necessary. I mean, I, I could see it. I mean, I definitely see the the utility in it. Uh, and the revival drive is kind of like its own thing because that is, I mean, you can use that as a distortion overdrive pedal, you know, in and of itself. But I mean, I, I think most people probably wouldn't need that uh, as long as you have your setup locked in enough. But I definitely see the, the point in having it. 
I think I think it's depending on what type of preamp you're getting, there's a use yeah. in it for just about everybody out there. You know, and that's a preamp is it's become like a dirty word for me, like like transparency and stuff. <laughs> uh because I feel like a lot of people say, Oh, it's a, is it a preamp style overdrive? Is it a preamp style pedal? And it's just like it's a it's just a overdrive pedal or a distortion pedal. Like it's not necessarily emulating the preamp of an amp or, or, or is, you know, just for tone shaping or whatever. Um, and I feel like a lot of people are kind of skirting that line where they're really just making overdrive pedals and they're calling the preamps. Yeah. And that kind of, uh, that's one of those things that gets under my skin and bothers me. I would say so, though, like I would not put the broadcast in that camp specifically because you're running, that's hitting a transformer. Right. Uh, yeah. I would not, I mean, obviously the color box doesn't fall into that camp because that's literally modeling a preamp, um, a yeah. microphone preamp. Um, the revival I mean, drive the, or revival drive junior. It's modeling the, the preamp of a, you know, those amps. So it's kind of, it's kind of in there, but like there's other pedals. Like I'm not, I'm not talking about those you mentioned. I'm talking uh, other people calling things a preamp, right? Preamp and, style, and just, overdrive, things like that. Yeah, I, that just, I don't know. I think that's it's dumb. I, <laughs> <laughs> I and it, I'm sure every if everyone watching has noticed, I'm like super fidgety because I have my desk with like all my stuff, and I keep, I can't sit still. It's because we both have ADHD. Yeah, and I have I have like action figures and, and all sorts of. Yeah, I have the. Tr- I'm sitting here staring at. I was playing with my triple graph yesterday, and it's all I can do to not sit here and just like telegraph. There it goes. Oh, right. You know. Anyways, all right. What's number three for you? Uh, I think number three. Gosh, this is taking a long time. Maybe it's just two four. Okay. <laughs> um, I think number three for me would have to be. Uh, some sort of simple modulation um univibe straight ahead chorus or flanger something like that i think is something that everyone should have if only to add interest to your guitar sound when you're doing something you know simple uh i've recently fallen back in love with the og boss ce2 chorus I got an original one and modded it to work on nine volts because the old ones work on 12. And man, that thing, it's dumb how good it sounds. And just like turning it where it's basically the knobs don't look like they're doing anything at all. It just adds this like depth to your sound. Um, it's, I'm enamored by it. And I really, really, really think that everyone should have something like that. Not for the cheesy, you know, super pitch shifty thing or, or total eighties thing, just something to kind of widen out your sound, especially if you're, you know, in a small band and you want to kind of thicken things up and add something interesting to your rhythm playing. I, I think that sort of modulation is something that everyone needs to have. They need it. I disagree. Oh, what? No, I don't agree. <laughs> I think because the thing is, I see what you're saying about adding width but there's so many great classic guitar sounds that people try and model their playing and their tone after that don't involve any kind of pitch or time-based modulation. I don't think it's necessary, man. Even, okay. So, uh, Jeff, 
the new guy that has been working with me, he said, I swear that on ZZ Top's first record, you have Billy's like normal dryish guitar sound. And then there's another sound in there that sounds like it's running through a Leslie cab. That's basically off. Cause it kind of has this like warbly effect. That's just kind of in the background doing a thing. Like go back and listen to it. It's, I never really noticed it. I I think I heard it, but it never really clicked that there was something else there. And like, like for that, I just think it's so fun. And it, like it, even like ZZ Top's first record, like that's not something you would ever think. Oh, I'm going to have a you know modulation pedal on this, but you do that and it just adds all this depth. Even like when I used to gig, I used a a, a Univibe with uh, set to the vibrato mode right. and had the intensity where you could just kind of feel it and the speed slow enough where it just kind of moved back and forth and turned the volume all the way up and used that as a boost for like a solo. And it just added all this kind of character to the guitar sound that you wouldn't, you don't really notice until it's gone. And that I think is where those things make a huge difference. Okay. So I think I can get there with my, I'll do four and five together as one thing. And I think it's a reverb and a delay because you can accomplish so much with both of those pedals. If we start with delay, because we're going in signal chain, signal flow order here, a delay, right. if you want pitch modulation, especially if you have a delay, like a, a, a more full featured sort of digital delay or multi delay, something from Strymon or line six or whatever. Uh, you can emulate a tape echo that has the natural uh, pitch modulation in there. You could emulate some of the early digital delays you could emulate bucket brigade delays that have that natural modulation and eq curve and are doing those things to your signal you can make it a chorus make your delay yep. a chorus turn the speed as fast as it'll go right and and play into it and there's your chorus Reaver- yeah, and even some you can you can set your if they have modulation sometimes you can like make the delay super short and just get like a modulation sound right exactly yeah exactly so you can get there. You can get that modulation thing with a great delay pedal. Um, mm-hmm. Reverb, I also think, is incredibly useful because you can do things like add space, add width to your guitar sound. Or if you're recording or if you're playing a gig, you can make your guitar feel like it's in a room. It's in a space. Or you can use right. it as a character effect. Again, a more full-featured reverb, right? Something that's you know, adding ambience, it's, it becomes part of its own thing, you know, huge cave reverb or whatever. And then the interaction of the delay and reverb together sort of becomes its own instrument. It becomes something that you play to. It becomes part of what you play and it becomes something that informs what you play. And I think that's incredibly useful. And I think every guitar player, no matter their style, their influences, what they're going for can find use for delay and reverb. Totally. I, I don't think you necessarily need a reverb pedal if you have a delay pedal. Um, because my fourth pick would be an analog delay. I think that that is like, like it, it, everyone needs to have something like that just for being creative, like sitting on the floor and playing guitar and like monkeying with it, just not getting lost in menus and, and insane features, just having something straight ahead. Because the, the last thing I think any pedal should do, and this is part of like, way i make pedals like the way i make them is i don't 
they never should impede you from playing your guitar. At least that's how I approach it. But I like I gigged for years with an amp with no reverb and just a, like an analog delay and never missed having a reverb because most of the time we were playing in like, you know, bars or places that had concrete walls where right. it's like there's you're making your own reverb. Mm. But um, I mean, for me, like I I don't use that much reverb when I do. It's it's just ever so slight and it's always in the amp. And if it doesn't have it, I'm just like, eh, I'll just use it. Oh, man, I, I love reverb. Reverb is I know, like... I'll, all your HX, uh, your Helix patches are very wet. Yeah, I love <laughs> Every it. Every time I, I click on them, I turn the. I down. love it. I love it so much. Now I do. If I'm uh, same thing. If I'm playing a gig and we're in like a room, like Friday, I'm playing uh, a, a venue here in Atlanta that I've played many times before, and I'll run mostly dry because it's a small room. There's a lot happening. There's a lot coming from the stage, and all the reverb is going to do in that is just bury my guitar, right? Yeah. But if I'm recording or just playing by myself. Oftentimes I'm using a reverb as a, a character effect and I'm, I'm, it's part of my instrument. It's part of the voice and I'm using it. I also love a good spring reverb, just an amp spring reverb. Yeah. I love it. And I love on Fender amps where you've got the tremolo circuit, which is after the reverb tank. And so if you turn yeah. that tremolo up and you have a long tail reverb and then the tremolo is modulating the reverb, I love it. One of my favorite things. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just... I don't know. Like reverb has never been something that I've super drawn to. And so like my, the re- only reverb pedal I have is a Flint and I thought that's about a great, selling it. No, just, that's a great reverb pedal though. I know it's great. It's, I, but, you know, now I, yeah. Oh, the tremolo like is the reason to have it, but you know, like my Victoria, my deluxe, the two rock, they all have reverb and they all sound fine. And like, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I just, no, I, you- I don't see, I feel like most people, most people's amps have reverb so there's like i don't think it's yeah but but the thing is like most people's amps don't have like a lexicon 224 reverb or well no you know a a plate reverb sound right and that's more what i'm talking about i love yeah you know like i have a big sky or even the like the microcosm right or the Mm the um the pedal the ultra shear that i bought a couple weeks ago that's the oh, it's the plate yeah. reverb and the pitch modulation together. I love that pedal. Right. Oh my god, I love it. Right. So it's all right. Yeah. Well, so so that's it. So we've decided everyone has to have these. <laughs> yep. And and you're either, you know, with me and know that a tube screamer does sound good, or you're with Rhett and Or you know that Zach has lost all credibility as a wow. pedal builder and guitarist. Man, it that pedal is the most polarized like I like Grant from Big Gear. <laughs> He can't stand them. He had a <laughs> he had a video on TikTok because he finally convinced me to get one. So yep. hey, everybody, I have a TikTok. Guess how many posts I've done? <laughs> but you sent me a video. Um, <laughs> I did send you one. Yeah. But uh, he he said, "Oh, how do you use a tube screamer?" And he walks over the garbage in his kitchen and <laughs> throws it away. Uh, so you know, but it's funny. I just feel like that that is the most polarizing overdrive pedal out there people either love them and then go nuts and they're like oh man the ts10 sounds so much different it doesn't but i i just i don't know i don't get the hate i don't get it i just uh, i think the hate comes from a place from people like me that see that pedal for what it really is which is a mediocre gain (sighs) circuit and then see people like you that lose their minds over it and I don't lose my, I just think it sounds good. And I think that the pedal, the boutique pedal industry would not exist in the way it does today. If not for 
the tube. Screen. Sure, that's a different discussion, though. You can have that, and you can you can be right in that, but that doesn't make the tube screamer a, a sound good, in my opinion. Wow, because it already sounds. Because that's like saying, well, you wouldn't have <laughs> pedals without the Maestro FZ1, but the Maestro FZ1 sounds like trash, and I love fuzz oh, pedals. It sounds so bad. It's it's awful. It so the FZ1 sounds bad. It's just this yeah. dumb pedal. That's why you don't see very it's, many of them out there. No, I, and like, oh God, oh, I don't want to even talk about it. <laughs> I played one on Pedals the Musical, and it, I, I even in we, the musical, I used it for one part because we felt like we needed to, and then I yeah. never touched it again for the, the rest of the show. You know, it's crazy. Like, the, they came in when I worked at Carter Drink. Um, they uh, came in all the time, and they would be, you know, minty fresh. And I'd plug them in and it's like, God, this thing sounds really bad. Sounds like and I, I would, yeah. And then I'd get another one like, oh, it sounds the same. That's like how they sound. I thought there's no way all these are broken. Yeah. It nope, literally just does like satisfaction. And it, it, that's a cool riff. It's awesome in the moment. But when would you ever use that sound again? I don't know. Not my thing. No. I mean, you you can get that tone with so many other things. And, you know, just buy a good pedal, a good fuzz pedal, and then get an EQ pedal and just, you know, shelve all the bass out of it. Yeah. And then there you go. And then you can switch it on and off and you're done. There you go. You're set. There's your can of bees fuzz time. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> all right. You got a shill of the week? You know what? Uh, I don't. I don't either. <laughs> There's nothing. I don't have anything here. You know, I all, all my shill stuff is at the house. I mean, like. Uh, we could talk about the importance of everybody having one of these things in your gig bag. Yeah, that's but it's true. Like, you know, that's that's true. I don't know. I don't think so. You know Maybe. what? You know what? I'm gonna shill. What? Okay. This doesn't make uh, this doesn't make the everyone needs a pet on the on the everyone needs list, but a good di I think is really important. Mm. And I have okay. one that I love. It's the Zod Audio Tube Di. It's it's Zod. Zod. It's patched in over here. Let me let me just grab it real quick. Talking about it. I see. I see it. Oh Jesus! Okay, so there's some gravity in this thing. Um, <laughs> these are built by my friend Dan Derlo up in Minnesota. Um, this is a tube di. Ah. That has some massive transformers in it. I mean, some big boys. You can't see in here, but it's they're they're killer. So these are used a lot. Uh, you know, obviously, bass players are, are hip. If you're hip to like the ready mm. kind of thing, the red tube di kind of thing, this does that, but sounds way better. Um, mm-hmm. And he showed me. I forget what type of tubes are in here, but there are specific tubes that are voiced for this di, and mm. I love this thing. I use it all the time. I use it on the uh, intro track. So the bass tone that you heard in our brand new intro track um, is my bass straight into the multivox multi echo. So that's real tape echo, real spring that you're hearing. And then out of the tape echo into this. And then that's it. That was the bass tone, man. Those are, those are expensive. Yeah, they are expensive. (laughs) Uh, They're not cheap, but I, I use it for synths. I use it. I put ribbon mics. I put a ribbon mic in front of it before. It sounds awesome. You can put, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, put a mic, use it sort of as a mic preamp kind of, you know, um, right. But they're really, really cool. So, yeah, I, I uh, have a 
a buddy that I made just some like those DI boxes that are just a transformer. It's like the Motown box or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, have you ever seen those? I've built some of those uh, for a friend for just recording bass and stuff. And uh, yeah, that's like a, I mean, that's, that's obviously not tube. That's real simple, but, but a lot of people record bass with just a tube thing like that. Yep. So you can do way yeah. more than just bass through it though. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I love it though, man. It's great. Neat. So I see the dog. Yeah. Penny's tired of sleeping on the floor. She's jumping up on my couch. All right. Nice. Well, there you go, everyone. That's episode one of season two. Thanks for, uh, thanks for watching. Let's get us to 10,000 subscribers this season on YouTube. Yeah, I think, I think we're going to do it. We're going to, um, we're going to be more consistent. We're going to aim for recording at the same time ish, <laughs> hopefully. So I woke up today and when you text me like, Hey, when are we going to record? I was like, Oh, is it that day already? Oh, yeah. I didn't even know. So we're out here. I need a calendar. Yep. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. See y'all. Bye.